All right. Hello, everybody. My name's Khalil. This is Chi. Hey. This is the Chi and Khalil show. We're slightly melanated and hella black. Oh, and today, we're going to talk about Drew Brees and his full apology. All right. So, number one, like, first I got angry, but then I realized, like, the apology wasn't for us, right? The apology no. is yeah. to people like him who want to think that they're not racist and the U.S. isn't racist. So that's right. who we're talking to. He's not talking to us. Um, yeah. He doesn't have a black friend to actually read this for him um, or take a picture with him. So he uses stock photo instead of just taking pictures with like all the people he works with, right? Or Bro, I thought that was serious though. <laughs> that was serious. So Malcolm, like, yo, read this. Is this fire? <laughs> he just pulled like the Joe Biden, like, yo, I'm going to drop some fire on these stuff. And just bam. And then like, so, all right. So, all right. So, um, do you want to say anything before we get into the actual words? No, this? no. You, you, you know. So let's let's go into the the okay. the apology. Oh, I'm sorry. The faux apology. Go ahead. Right. So, in paragraph two, right? Because he started off actually mm-hmm. okay, right? Yes. Yes. Exactly. Right. right. He, like, literally, he could have just stopped right there. He could have yeah. just stopped right there. And that would have been okay, maybe. Right. That would so have been fine. He's still he's still on this fucking respect unity and solidarity for the american flag and national anthem right so like pause let's talk about that right like you're still on this bullshit about like fighting for racial justice is somehow divisive and offensive to your flag right so like you think america is one thing Mm -hmm. and you're upset by the fact that people are telling you it's not so instead of helping them make this country what you think it is like you're saying you're divisive mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's exactly what he's saying i mean the look the the american flag the national anthem regardless of what country you are in your flag and your anthem somehow you've learned to like appreciate it as something that is a symbol of your commitment to the country your comfort with the country and all of that and to center <laughs> because I'm using his words now to center respect, unity, and solidarity around symbols that have never been to promote equality or even equity amongst all of the people who live in this country is to just completely miss the mark. You cannot attempt to talk about respect, unity, and solidarity centered around an American flag and a national anthem when it really should be centered around what the hell have we been doing for the last 400 years and why do we keep perpetuating this? And we don't even want to get deep into it and talk about how the national anthem that was chosen is actually a pro-savory anthem. Like, we're not even Thank talking you. about those two. Anthems no, that we no, don't no. Look, I mean, I mean, if we, we start talking about that, then, you know, oh, we just angry. I'm sorry. What? And then, and this is, then he gets it. okay, let's get into where he stands, right? So he's talking mm-hmm. about he stands with the black community in the fight against systemic racial injustice and police brutality. Mm-hmm. But you don't because the <laughs> saying like, hey, let's bring up police brutality. And before we start football games where the majority of the actual athletes that produce it are African-American and suffer through it, you won't even participate. And in addition to not participating, you're calling them divisive. So, no, you're not standing with that. Like, it's not hard. right? Like, it's not hard. You're being you're so extreme that you're saying like, hey. I understand that you're trying to keep black people from being killed in the streets, but I can't do it. I'm not going to stand with that. You're mm-hmm. being divisive. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. acting like, well, oh. like Kaepernick's is extremist. You're the extremist. Uh oh. <laughs> we just called you reason extremist. <laughs> like, be you can't be against people fighting against. So, so if there's a protest against police brutality, right? It's a simple choice, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You can support it or be against it. He's choosing to be pro police brutality because he's deciding to find a reason why someone's protest to stay alive without being killed in the streets is wrong, right? You like how extreme you have to be like, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. You might be getting killed in the streets, but like, you know, what you're doing- I didn't like the way you asked. Well, that's what Malcolm Jenkins said. I, I believe his name was Malcolm Jenkins. He was like, basically, so you're telling me that the way I'm asking for help is not appropriate for you. And And honestly, black people in this country and even around the world have asked for help in every possible way for every one of us that is either alive or has been on this earth since the beginning of time we have asked a myriad number of ways for help and each one of those no matter how dignified no matter how um appropriate it could be for any other group when it has been asked of the by the black community it has been ignored or assuaged with we will get there it's not your turn yet or, or just keep fighting, do it nonviolently like Martin Luther King and, and invoking these names that like a second ago they weren't for because if they were for, he would still be here. And also like even things that are so passive as we're not going to buy bus tickets, right? Was responded to with violence. Yeah. Like, do you realize how passive a protest yeah. is to be like, hey, you know what? I'm going to walk, mm-hmm. right? And I'm gonna, right. Like, we're going to call right. We're just going to not buy bus tickets. Like you can't get any more passive than that. Yeah. And they were still against it. Yes. Right. And they were still against yeah. it. They, choosing to use their money in the way that they saw fit was not good enough. It was not the right way to ask because it hit certain people's pockets. <laughs> like all of this, like, in, in fact, like just to take a tangent, like let's talk about corporations and their slapping this Black Lives Matters and their statements of solidarity and, and whatnot when inside those organizations, it's lip service. DEI is lip service. It, it, it frustrates me when new words amongst, you know, like sociological researchers come out and then everybody starts latching onto it and thinking that like, oh, by latching onto these words, we are now in, we are now woke. We are now dealing with New York sirens in the streets. You know, like it's, it's just, <laughs> you know, like I live my city, but New York City. Wow. I'm gonna. I don't understand this, but I'm gonna take a pro corporate stance right now. Okay. So, in comparison to Drew Brees, like the corporations are woke, right? Because they're at least saying, like, "Hey, we might want our boardrooms to be all white old males, right?" But you don't really want to see cops murdering motherfuckers in the street, right? <laughs> like, right. right. They're, right. They're, they're, yeah. That's like a basic. Thing. You know what I mean? Like, they're not being so extreme that they want to continue to watch people getting tortured to death in the street, right? So right. I'm going to accept right. their thing. They're not saying that they're super allies and they're super woke. They're just saying, like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we're on the side of not killing people in the street, right? And they could even be doing it for selfish reasons because it's messing up their money to have riots, right? But it doesn't matter because, <laughs> like, that's still better than being so extreme and say, like, Nah, brah, quit disrespecting the flag, right? <laughs> right, right, 
right? It's tone deaf. And so honestly, like, I think this is, this is where, this is where are the white people of America, whether they are conservative, liberal, good liberals, bad liberals, whatever they are, have to ask themselves when they speak, are they listening to themselves? Right. Are there, are, and, and if they are not, they have to figure out why, if they think it's okay to say some of these, like, just crazy comments. And like, how are we talking about the flag again? And, and, when somebody just got murdered by a police officer, how how did this come? And it's not about people fighting in wars either, because those people, black people fought in wars, <laughs> Latino people fought in wars for this country. And no one. And did, are you saying your grandfather fought to maintain police brutality? Right? Like, what is what is your right? Did, you, like, what is your per- why are you saying right? Because I'm pretty sure that no one, no GIs I know went to fight not Germany mm-hmm. so that police could kill people in the streets here, right? Like Yeah. Would, not not nary right. one. At least not the colored one. <laughs> I'm just right. saying. Okay, let's go let's go through so. some more of his numbers. Okay. Right? So he talks about he tries to act give some empathy, talking about he doesn't know what it's like to be us, right? But then he put in all caps, I've always been an ally. Um no. Like you're not an ally because like we said you're pro police brutality. Like you can't get with a like a a protest against police brutality because you're finding an excuse about how it's going to offend you. So no, that's not being right. And then what's make it worse? Right. Dig the hole deeper. He's like, I'm sick about the way my comments were perceived. You should be as sick that you can't get behind an anti police brutality protest because you want to think that America is perfect, and it bothers you to think that racism exists. So if you really were sick about your comments yesterday, you would say, I'm sick about my comments and my previous thinking, as opposed to like how they were perceived. Perceived. Yeah, that's, but that's the, that's the issue right there is, and I put in a plug for this book everywhere, White Fragility. This is literally what Robin D'Angelo keeps talking about. It's like folks are so their apologies are all about like, oh, I'm sorry how you perceived it. I'm sorry that you thought that I was a bad person or whatnot. No, the the thing is, here here it is. As much as there are are good people amongst our our white brethren and sistren, they live in a different world. They literally live in a different world than we do. And because of that, it is hard for them to talk about talk in this way in this tone deafness and for me to say oh but you've always been an ally you haven't did you invite me over for dinner <laughs> after i leave do you talk about how i smell or like the kind of food i made like it's like think about those con- like because and and this is not to just single out white people because i think like all people do that across ethnicities right. across the world i get it here in this country though <laughs> where we know what racism has looked like and played itself out as, it's very easy to give me words about how you're an ally, but what's your, what's your discussion like when you're with your friends, right? Like I've had friends come to me and say like, you know what, I need to check myself and my friends because we throw around words that we're not supposed to be throwing around. We talk about people in ways that if they hurt us, they would be hurt. Right. You can't always be an ally and be an enemy at the same time. You're one or the other, right? Like, let's let's just first get to that. Nobody is perfect, but you are certainly not in a position 
to tell me whether you're an ally or not based on and, those comments. And especially, like I said, this is basic, based, like fighting to not get killed by police is not extreme, right? Like you really, that's. No. Why, why is that? Why you kind of act like Colin Kaepernick's this extremist. Like all he's saying is like, yo, police should stop killing black people in the streets, right? Mm-hmm. And Drew Brees is like, you're protesting wrong. No. Like, and then also like, let's just bring it to the, the person who is extreme in the George Floyd case is the district attorney, right? Mm-hmm. It's not anyone looting. It's not anyone protesting. It's the district attorney who saw videos from several different angles angles of four police officers slowly torturing and murdering somebody and then refusing to arrest them. And it's also all of the other Minneapolis police officers who also all saw this video and refused to arrest their, their fellow officers. Like if you want to talk about like how it's just a few bad apples and it's not a systemic problem, all of them would have acted immediately. There's actually like just a few bad apples all of the other police mm-hmm. officers would have shown up and arrested these four. They said, we are not a part of this. We don't condone this. But none of them did that. The district attorney did, didn't do that. The district attorney chose to risk riots nationwide instead of just arresting mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. who murdered mm-hmm. someone on video. He had all the evidence. He could have just went and arrested them. You don't have to put in the exact charges that second. But if you actually just put in an effort to act like you're going to prosecute them, you could have saved all kinds of misery and and destruction. And like I said, like what the rioters and looters are asking for is to stop being killed in the streets. That's not extreme. But can we, can we talk about that for for a second? Because if, if the protesters, if what the protesters, all of us protesting are, are asking for is not extreme. Mm -hmm. Why? I guess we have to ask ourselves, why is it perceived as extreme? Okay, wait, give me a second. Why would our attempt at asking for safety for ourselves when we just walk outside, when we jog outside, when we drive outside, is considered extreme? It is considered extreme because from the discovery of this land to the revolution that allowed for the stealing and 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 raping of peoples who were already on this land and then proclaiming it their own we colored folk have not been considered human or if we're considered human it's to be less human because there has to be a way that we are defined that allows for this racism this whiteness ideology to be perpetuated we are looked at as extreme for asking for our rights because we were never intended to have those we were never intended to be perceived as humans we were never intended to be where we are even today and i know folks don't want to talk about slavery and oh that's done that's done but the mindset that allowed for it and was codified in our constitution to the point where we had to have a civil war so somebody could say, wait, so maybe the slaves need to be free, right? And still to this day, just not even 50 years ago, had to say, okay, it's okay for them to vote too. I mean, to now, where again, we're seeing almost every week, somebody else, somebody else, whether it is a a black man, a black woman, black trans, whichever, can't catch a break 
There is a mindset. And even if you are the nice white person with all black friends or the nice white person who teaches how to be an ally there, or even dare I say amongst some of us non-white people, there has to be a reckoning with this ideology of whiteness that has allowed for the simple ask of let me be seen as human being considered as extreme. Somebody needs to figure out why. And the- My humanity is an extreme affront against you. Well, the, the reason that it was created, right, was hmm. to, to get me. the white indentured servants slash slaves to stop joining the African and Native Americans revolting, right? So there's actually there's mm-hmm. actually not an actual benefit to the average white person for racism, right? Because if you think about it, like having all these having all these fucking cities burned down and all this other shit and all this unrest is not ha- helping the average white person, right? No, they would no. have been better off no. if the DA would have arrested these cops. But what it mm-hmm. does is it distracts people from realizing that there's a lot of people in power that are taking advantage of the working class. And as long as you can keep working class whites busy trying to just maintain their position above blacks or Latinos or viewing them as the threat, they'll never realize that the real threat is the fact that we haven't raised the minimum wage in decades. That yeah. more and yeah. more work like rights that were actually fought for and won by rioting by unions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. are going away. Yeah. And as long as people want to maintain this little racial hierarchy, they're going to continue to be taken advantage. Like a lot of things you've listed, like the civil war, like yeah. so many people, <laughs> white people died. Like um, that movie, what is that movie? Like Jones, whatever the city, the city of Jones, like, or the Republic of Jones. Like they realized like, mm-hmm. yo, why the hell am I fighting? So like, Tom, Dick, and Hank can keep their property. Mm. I don't mm. got you. Why the fuck am I dying for that? Mm. Anyways, like, mm. it's hilarious. Like, it's... Yeah, I don't... Before anyone, like, tries to think about what MLK would do, or before you consider yourself an ally, you have to read um, Martin Luther King's letter from Birmingham jail. Yes. To see what he actually says and what he qualifies as the main problem keeping racism going because mm-hmm. most going to find out if you're drew Brees, it's you it's your mentality yeah. of i don't have to do anything um racism isn't really a problem um you people need to calm down i'm not going to mm-hmm. do anything like it's okay that is the actual problem i was reading james baldwin i was reading him last night because i just love him and and he i think is an important read now um, just because as much progress has been made, not a lot of progress has been made. And there was this great statement that he said um, to, that I think basically sums up um, where we are right now. There appears to be, and this is, this is him quoting, right? Um, or this is him writing. It's letters uh, from a region in my mind. Oof letter from a region in my mind, and it was posted in the New Yorker back in 1962, right? And I quote, there appears to be a vast amount of confusion on this point, but I do not know many Negroes who are eager to be accepted by white people, still less to be loved by them. They, 
the Blacks, simply don't wish to be beaten over the head by whites every instant of our brief passage <laughs> on this planet, right? White people in this country will have quite enough to do in learning how to accept and love themselves and each other. And when they have achieved this, which will not be tomorrow and may very well be never, the Negro problem will no longer exist for it will no longer be needed. That's what he said. The Negro problem will no longer exist for it will no longer be needed. That was written in 1962. Yep. He probably thought of it for a long time. And, and I know? love how... And that's other thing, like he's breaking it down kind of similar to what we're saying mm -hmm. about it's not extreme. Like it's not extreme to not want to get yeah. assaulted in the no. street. That's not extreme. That's just basic. Yeah. Right? That's basic, yo. <laughs> like that and, and so so <laughs> back to Drew Brees because a sister's got an appointment in three minutes. Um his I think this is an important opportunity, and I, I wanted to also mention this. Like he had said something about him needing to be a leader. In, in the black community. And oh my I, I think oh it my is God. more important, oh even given given what, what James Baldwin just said in this quote, it's not about leading us, right? Like, cause we know where we've been led to as a re result of who our, our leadership right. is, right? But it's, it's being a leader amongst right. your peers and saying, yeah, we've gotten this all wrong for time immemorial, right? And like, mm -hmm. until that happens, it's like, yeah, nah, bro, I ain't got nothing to say. Like, everything you say is just going to be, like, just talk. It's, it's going to be talk. You have yep. to talk to your people and say, why is it that you guys feel the need to be this way to other human beings? And then get your ass that white fragility book and then, you know. The funniest thing was, like, I can't remember who said it recently, but they're like, yeah, the key to ending, like, racism is white people just got to stop being racist. Like, just stop being racist. Just, yeah. Like it's not hard. It's not. It's not. It's not at all. <laughs> or apparently it is because power is tied into it. But at some point, right. they're just gonna have to get that it's not working anymore. It's not working right. anymore. And we've had enough. Right. 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 We've had enough. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, this was yeah. good. Thank you. Okay, one time on the West Side. <laughs> this is the Chi and Khalil show. We're gonna do it again. <laughs> all right, y'all. Peace. <laughs>